And bonjour all you gardening cats and gators. Welcome to Gardening with Cisco, October 13th. So uh, October's just cooking along, but boy, do you love this weather. Unbelievably great out there. So, uh, hey, I, I have two really great guests I want to introduce today. But before I do, I just want to say hi to everyone I spoke to and give you a few tips of what I'm up to because I'm a busy boy today. <laughs> hey, so uh, last Monday, I gave a talk at the Snohomish Garden Club on my favorite plants, and they had a sellout crowd. It was really fun, and uh, it seems like I went forever. I have so many favorite plants. Trying to you know pare that down is a little difficult for me, and it was really funny because I could see one guy in the audience kind of falling asleep, and then I'd... He'd think, oh, good, the talk's just about over. And then I'd start off in a whole other direction. I could see him going, oh, God, am I going to get any sleep tonight? So uh, it was a lot of fun. And I've heard the local nurseries already have my plant list. People brought it in. So that made me really happy. So, uh, and it was great seeing good friends there, too. Hey, uh, I'm going to be at the Federal Way Community Center in Federal Way today for the big composting and gardening event. So uh, it's it's at the uh, Federal Way Community Center. That's at 876 South 333 Street, 333rd Street, I guess. Hey, I'm going to talk about fall gardening tips and using compost. I'm giving away some plants. I'm going to give away a T-shirt and a book. I hope you come. I'll be speaking at 2 o'clock there. And, of course, don't forget about plan plant amnesty bingo tonight the doors open at six the the game started seven it's going to be a lot of fun now i don't even know if there's any seats left anything but there's a link on the front page of cisco.com so if you love to play bingo or want to win some incredible great plants holy cats there's some good ones too uh then you could still probably sign up. So a link on the front page of Cisco.com. And um, I basically just want to tell everybody I'm looking forward to seeing everybody in the Port Angeles Garden Club on uh, Monday. And you better come if you're in that club because my talk is Hummingbird Madness, which is one of my favorite to give. It's a lot of fun. So, uh no slideshow. I'm going to do it all without that, but I think you're going to love it. Okay, and uh, let me just... Oh, there's one other thing I want to tell you about. So I was Mary and I were over on Bainbridge Island yesterday, and we took little Izzy. We had quite a bit of fun, and we met with uh, two of our best friends, our uh, uh, Lewis and Lewis. But it, many of you listening to me know that I'm talking about uh, group the two artists that used to be known as Little and Lewis, but uh, they're not really doing art anymore, although they have one of their beautiful works of art in the art museum that I'm about to tell you about. So we went to the Bainbridge Island Art Museum, and they have the best show going on. The, the exhibit happening right now is by a guy named Alfredo Eriquin, and the the exhibit is called Life Patterns, and it is so good. You won't believe it. And I'm so proud because I got to meet the artist, and he goes, oh, I know who you are. 
And so we both really enjoyed meeting each other. It was really special. So this is a really great uh, art exhibit. And uh, it's at the Bainbridge Island Art Museum, which has been rated, I think, one of the best art museums in the United States. And it is great. So this exhibit runs through February 3rd. And um, I think you should go check it out. The paintings are, I can only describe them as stunning. So that was really cool. Okay, I've been messing around here. Now it's time to get my guests right back up on the on the show here. So uh, I'm just got to do one little thing here, and then I'll have that. Here we go. Hey, so let's... Uh, Let's get Candy Kroll and Bob Lilly on the line. Hey, Candy Kroll, how are you? Hey, hi, Cisco. This is so exciting for me. Well, it's really and, great to uh, have you on. So uh, you guys are, you know, representing the Hardy Plant Society of Washington because you're having your right. big 8th annual fall bulb and plant sale tomorrow over at the Center for Urban Horticulture. That's right. We've been getting a little bigger every year, and uh, so we've this year we've got more bulbs than we've ever had before. So uh, we're we're really excited about uh, getting them getting them to the public. <laughs> well, this is you know you've got most of the common bulbs people would want, but you have a lot of rare, unusual bulbs there too, don't you? Yes, we we have um, 13 varieties of alliums, Christophii and Schubertii, and then... Oh, I love Schubertii. Isn't that the most wonderful? Yeah. That's my favorite. And I I love that one, too. I've got it in my yard. <laughs> Me, too. Um, and we've got Brodia, and we've got some Camas, and Conodoxa, and we've got the Salida Caridulus. And uh, 16 varieties of crocus, and we've got some fritillarias and galanthus, and um, we've got some Dutch iris, and some uh, we've got Catherine Hodgkin's uh, iris reticulata, oh. and uh, muscari and pushkina. And we've got 88 varieties of tulips. Holy cats! species. Yeah, we've got a lot. We've got so, parrots and veritifloras and doubles and lilies, lily-shaped. Um, and so they're, they're just too gorgeous. I think my socks are rolling up and down just thinking about them. <laughs> well, they and, should be if they're not. And, and I want to know. let people know now, we've got a link uh to your uh, bulb sale and to the Hardy Plant Society of Washington website, and you've got Great. all those all those bulbs listed in there. Yes, the in, yes, all of the named varieties, and and so uh, we we do bring some things from our nursery uh, plants, but really mostly we uh, concentrate on the bulbs at this time of the year. So. But, but you do have a few plants for sale, too, various different kinds that look good this time of year, huh? Yes. Yeah, we have some blooming um, heterofolia, and oh. so we, we've got some... That's a uh, cyclamen. Heter- yeah, 
and the Helleborus orientalis, we've got some of that, but that's not necessarily um, blooming at this time. Will <laughs> be soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. And uh, so um, Bob is right here. He can be a little more specific, perhaps. All right. Here's what, what I'm going to do, I think, because we need to take a quick break. So we'll oh, take a break, and then I'm going to put Bob up. And I also, Bob Lilly, and I also understand that he has some kind of way to outwit the squirrels to keep them from <laughs> ah. eating your uh, crocus. So I want to hear about that, too. So we're going to take oh. a, a short break, and uh, then we'll come back and we'll talk some more to the folks from the Hardy Plant Society of Washington Because we haven't even told you for sure when the sale goes. So we'll tell you all that when we come back in just a minute on 97.3 Cairo FM. Welcome back, and we're talking about the 8th Annual Fall Bulb and Plant Sale. Uh, that's put on by the Hardy Plant Society of Washington. It goes tomorrow at the Center for Urban Horticulture. That's right by where all the intramural fields are, kind of near Heck Edmonds down there on uh, Sandpoint Way. And it goes tomorrow from 10 to 2. Hey, Bob Lilly, how are you doing, old buddy? I'm good. How are you, Cisco? Hey, I'm doing great. So I want to introduce you to everyone. You are one of the uh, perennial and bulb experts of the whole world. The only person that knows more about them than you is me, and that's hard to believe anybody could know more. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, Right. Oh, nice to talk to you. Hey, so That's good to hear your voice. Hey, yeah. So, what what are what are some of your recommendations of some really cool bulbs people might buy at the sale tomorrow? Well, people are always after all the alliums. We've got three of the large headed alliums. Um, there's lots of species crocus this year again, and somebody was talking about trying to keep squirrels out of your crocus. Um, yeah, nah, yeah. There's not not a great way to do that, but you can put hardware cloth over them and sort of cover the hardware cloth with a little bit of mulch and then remove the hardware cloth in about three or four weeks. Once the crocuses root, the squirrels don't really go after them as much. Wow. Now, I know that Thomsonianus, that that one, that uh, crocus is supposed to be squirrel-free. Have you found that to be true? No, it's not even remotely true. Oh, (laughs) We planted five thousand at the Bellevue Botanic Garden, and they dug up every one. Oh, you know, you know, I I planted two hundred fifty crocus on one side of the road at Seattle U. The next mm-hmm. spring, they all came up on the other side. The dumb yeah. squirrels buried them, forgot where they were. Yeah, they forget where they are. They just want to move them around. Oh, jeez. Well, that's a good tip. I'll I'll give that a try in my garden this year and see if that helps. Hey, Actually, uh, when I plant crocus in pots, I just plant them in pots, you know, normally, water them really, really well, and then cover them with some boards and put some bricks or stones on the boards and wait three or four weeks until they've rooted, and then I take the boards off and they're fine. And Hey, what do you think about species tulips? They seem to come back the best of any tulips. Are the squirrels leaving those alone, or are they just so tough? That- oh, I 
think the squirrels will only go after those if they accidentally find them. Oh, okay. um, I've found I've found most mostly what eats tulips are rats. Squirrels oh. don't really go don't really go after the little croca the little um, tulips so much, and they definitely do not go after big. Big tulips. If somebody's eating your big tulips, it's rats. Oh, man, there's a lot of rats out there. A lot more than people realize, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, but... Uh, hey, hey, but our, then you can, plant, you can plant narcissus. Nobody eats those. No, that's true. And yeah. uh, and uh, bluebells, although I'm not crazy about most kind of Scylla, but I like that yeah. Scylla Peruviana. Have you got that this year? Uh, no, we don't. Uh, probably next year. Some of those more expensive, larger bulbs we only do every second or third year, just because they're they're just too expensive. Oh yeah, just, that's yeah. I could see how that would be. Hey, I got a question yeah. about allium. So mm-hmm. you know, we got that great Schubertii that you know I just love that because it looks like a basketball ex- uh, ex- exploding in purple. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yeah. And uh, Christophia, I I absolutely love, and it's kind of got that same kind of makeup. But uh, what is the biggest flower on any allium other than those two? Oh no, it's the biggest one is the biggest one is uh, Schubertii. But next big next biggest is Christophia, and then there's all the other big flowered ones. Like we'll have some gladiators. Is gladiator um, really big? Yeah, gladiator's really big, but those, if you want success with alliums, you want to plant Schubertii's or Christophii's. Uh, the bigger ones don't cure here very well, and oh. you don't really get, you usually don't get a second flower. Um, That's why. Okay. Yeah, because. Yeah, they, they just don't make it. Yeah. yeah, some of them are just totally dependable, you know. I can't remember the name, all those purple, you know, the littler <laughs> purple ones and all those. Those and come back. Yeah. After yeah. will do will do, but it's not a it's a purple head, but it's not a big dense head like you see in all the pictures. I like that gladiolar. Nice. I wish it would come back. I might try I might try covering it with fern fronds. Maybe it's the rain is uh, rotten those suckers and you know, fern fronds repel the water. I might try that this winter and see if that works. I'm sure I'm I'm gonna probably I unfortunately I have to I have to be in Port Angeles this weekend, so f- this'll be one of the first sales that Uh-oh. I ha- haven't been able to come down to. Darn it. Anyway. Send Mary? You're gonna send Mary? Or well well yeah, but she's everything she gets, she's gonna put on her side of the card. But I'll have her get oh. me I'm gonna have her get me some Schubertie eyes because I've had them yeah. for a long time. They're kind of fading out now. Yeah. And uh yeah. But I I do want to try those gladiators again. They're so cool looking. Oh, probably no. help probably help to feed them. Probably help to feed them. I mean, oh. I have a recommendation for feeding the bulbs. You feed the bulbs when the tulips are up. All right, and, and you feed them all. You feed all the bulbs, and if you can do it, feed them with vegetable fertilizer. All right. Hey, now should you not use organic? Is it too cold that time of year? Well, you can use organic, but you have to use twice as much. Oh, okay. I'm going to try and that this year for sure. I, t- yeah. I usually do most of my bulbs, but I haven't been doing them with allium so much, so I'll try that. Hey, yeah, you definitely don't want to put organic in the holes. You can put it on the surface. That makes but, sense. Um, you, you don't want to put it in the holes with the tulips. It'll rot. So Okay. Hey, so I got a question for you here. Are you yeah. going to be down there tomorrow? Oh yeah, I'm there all day. Yep. Okay, yep. so I I'm telling everybody that's listening to the show they got to see if they can stump you with a question about bulbs. 
<laughs> they might try. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, yeah. I worked on the Arboretum bulb sale for a long time too. So I agree. Yeah. Lots and, of experience with it. And there'll be a whole lot of you folks from the Hardy Plant Society helping give people advice and, uh, you know, know these tricks, like you just said, fertilizing the bulb right when the tulips come up. Yeah. So, yes, we'll have that. We also have some reference books on hand. Usually there's somebody sitting at a desk, we hope, just just answering questions. But almost all of us can answer most of the questions, and there will be a lot of us there. We're a small group, but most of us come and work this sale. It's a really great sale, and uh, I am going to see if I can get Mary to go down and get me a few bulbs. It's going to cost me, though. She's going to come home with, uh, you know, shopping bags full of these things, you know. For her side of the garden. Oh, la, la. Yeah. That's the kind of customer we're looking for. <laughs> so, uh, hey, listen, it was really great talking to you. I want to remind everybody, tomorrow, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., Center for Urban Horticulture. And uh, you could go. There's a link right on the front page of Cisco.com. You can see all the bulbs they've got, or most of them anyway. They may have some that aren't listed there. And uh, lots of folks to give you great advice, and you get the Royal Brussels Sprout Award of the Week if you can stump Bob with a question. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> hey, two great talking. Please tell Candy thank you so much for coming on, and uh, great okay. talking to you, Bob. So that was just hey. great. Good luck tomorrow Thanks at the lot, sale. Okay. Thanks a lot. Okay. Bye bye. All right. Well, hey, we need to take a break right away, but our phones are open. one 973 cairo one 973 5476 Right back on the best gardening show in the whole world, 97.3 Cairo FM. You're listening to Gardening with Cisco on the all-new Cairo Radio Weekends. Yeah, you betcha. And I'm really looking forward to seeing folks at the Federal Way Community Center today. So talking all about uh, fall tips, compost, and I'm giving away some really cool plants. So I think you're going to enjoy that. And uh, plant amnesty bingo, I'm hoping it's a sellout because it has been every year, I think. And it is so fun. So watch out because if I run into audience, I'm going to be throwing those... uh, crumpled up uh, game papers at you, and I'm a good shot. Hey, let's go to Janet and Renton and find out what's going on over there. Hey, Janet, welcome to the show. Hello. Hello. How are you? Great. Great. Cisco, uh, you've helped me with this before. A couple of years ago, I uh, I was in Boston, and I, I brought an acorn back. Oh, yeah, I remember I, this. Yeah, I planted the acorn, and it's two years old now. The tree is two years old, and I've been bonsaiing it. Oh, cool. (laughs) It is the cutest thing, and so healthy. It's in a very large pot, and uh, I'm just wondering, how do I winterize it? Yeah, you know, okay, so I'm sure that this oak tree is totally hardy. But the, mm-hmm. the problem is sitting in a small pot, then they are susceptible because if a hard, hard freeze comes and it freezes all the way through, that could kill the roots. Mm-hmm. So you don't want that to happen for anything. 
So there's no. a few ways you could deal with this. You could put it in a box and then fill compost up just over the top of the pot. And that that will totally protect it through the winter. There's right. no way the freeze is getting all the way in there. So you want a pretty good box that you put your pot in. Okay. Last year, well, it's still, uh, the pot is still big enough, I believe. Last year, I took some uh, some leaves and I put them over the top as mulch. Well, that'll work. But you want to cover the whole, you got to cover that whole pot. You, really? Yeah. You don't want to okay. be leaving uh, the side of the pot out in the open up above the ground. That's uh, It's really a sitting duck up there. Well, it's out on terrace. Oh, well, that helps. Here, well, there's another thing you could do. You could just, uh, you know, wait until it gets... Now, do you have a garage? No. No. You got a garden shed, anything like that? No, All not right. really. Okay. Here's what you could do. You could, if you can let it sit out there, it could take, you know, mild freeze, no problem. But if we're getting a wallop and freeze, you know, one of those Arctic Expresses, something like that, if that, you hear that's coming, you're going to want to cover that with something just till the Arctic Express is gone. Okay. So, so you can, and as, now that, is it, if it snowed, it wouldn't land right on top of your plant, would it? Or right. Would it, it, no. It, no, good. Uh-uh. So then all you got to do is throw a light sheet, uh, you know, uh, a mattress cover. Those work really good. Anything you got like that that can totally cover it. You don't even have to. You just don't want it to be too heavy and break any branches. Right. But you don't even have to put stakes in. You know, when I cover something outside, I got to put stakes because if it winters, if it uh, snows, it's going to flatten my plant like a pancake out there. And I've had that happen before. So, yeah, that's all you got to do. Cover it, but take that cover right back off, even though it's it's a deciduous trees. So you don't have to worry too much about it. Okay. You know. In the past, uh, last winter, if it got too cold... I, I I put it in a warm corner of the terrace. Well, that's that might be enough. Only okay. if we get a really bad freeze, then I would cover it just to be okay. safe. Can't hurt. Gotcha. Yeah. And one more question. Sure. I also grew an elm tree uh, from seed that I'm bonsaiing. You are a growing maniac over there. <laughs> Well, I have so uh, I don't have any room. <laughs> well, cool. Yeah. So, uh, what was it? An elm? Elm. Yeah. Oh, okay. And uh, he seems to be going great. I've been bonsaiing him, but uh, does the same apply? Yeah, same thing would apply exactly. Okay. Yep. And uh, well, that's pretty incredible. Is this an elm with big leaves or little leaves? Little ones. Oh, good. You got a Chinese elm. Those ah. bonsai much better. They're tough. Oh, it's adorable. Oh, yeah. They're wonderful. Well, if you ever want to cheat, don't. Uh, everybody else holds your ears because I don't want anybody to know I'm doing this. But <laughs> what you could do, you could buy uh, Olmus uh, Hokkaido. And El- El- Olmus is the word for elm. Hokkaido is this little teensy elm with little leaves that doesn't get over about two feet tall. 
and the trunk gets wider and wider. So I tell everybody, oh, yeah, I've been doing this uh, bonsai for years, you know. (laughs) Yeah. This little guy is also two years old, and uh, it looks like a a really cool house plant. Oh, that's so cool. They're beautiful. And the thing about... uh, Do do they turn yellow or... Oh, yeah, it's going to drop all its leaves. Okay, turn yellow? Yep. Oh, yeah, that's probably the color of those turn. A lot of the elms do turn yellow. Okay, and, he's about to. Yep. Well, you're and, you're doing some fun stuff. And the oak will turn red. I'm, I'm oh, that's, waiting. That's good. Yeah, <laughs> well, it will. It will. Okay. And uh, they won't grow very fast because you got them, you know, in a in a restricted pot. So that's right. good. And uh, so, yeah, you're off and running. I, I'll have All to right. see these someday. So, uh, great. Well, listen, good work on those two and keep me posted, Okay. Thank you, sexy. Okay. All right, Janet. Thanks. Oh, la, la. Okay. Hey, listen, we'll go to Katie in West Seattle real quick here and see what she's got going on. Hey, what's happening in West Seattle, Katie? Hey, Cisco, you're a rare gem to Seattle gardeners. Oh, la, la. <laughs> well, I'm, I, my head is expanding, but... Uh... <laughs> Here's our dilemma. Okay. We have a... 30-foot Alaskan weeping cedar. Oh, I love those. And uh, the last three years, it's been shedding an inordinate amount of needles. Okay. What do you think? I, have you been watering it at all? Well, it's been, it's 30 feet tall. No, but, but it's... it's, you know, here, it's here's the thing. Uh-huh. Normally, these are native plants. So normally, they just want exactly what Mama Nature dishes out. So you wouldn't ever think you have to water them. The problem is we're not in normal times anymore. We're This is like the third year of a really amazing drought. And uh, so even, you know, plants out in the woods are having problems right now. And uh, so, you know, I don't think you're going to lose this tree at all or anything. But I think like once a month or something, might be good to put a soaker around that and give it a big drink, you know. Have the soaker start at the trunk and go out in concentric circles and make sure that it gets a good drink at least once a month. I was talking to a gardener working in my neighborhood, and the guy went to the same horticulture school I went to. And we're talking, and he goes, you know, I've been aerating lawns and things. And he said, even with all this rain we had, it's bone dry out there. And if you haven't been watering, it is bone dry. That rain's just running off the ground more than even soaking in. So Now, there are some camellias around it which are doing fine. You know, believe it or not, camellias are one of the most drought-tolerant plants I've ever oh. met. Okay. They are tough. So, now, there could be something else going wrong. I mean, you know, because... Uh, the thing is, we put these native plants in our gardens, which means they're not in the native soil that they normally grow in, you know. And that can be tricky then. It, it might mean that, you know, it's getting drier than it normally would. It could mean that too much water could build up on it if you're watering other plants. But my guess still is that that guy needs a drink. Okay. And, is it worth... Um I checked on your website, and you have um, a list of arborists. It might be. Would it be worth having an arborist look at it? I think it would be worth it. If you can afford to do that, and they do great work, 
they can come in there and take a good look, make sure, you know, that you're not being attacked by, you know, there's armillaria mushrooms, there's other things that can happen. Maybe there's too much mulch is building up. All, you know, if any soil level was raised, anything like that can make a big difference. So it might be worth having someone come out and they can give you good advice on how to take really good care because you don't want to lose a beautiful no. Alaska weeping cedar. Yeah. They are is, just... Is there anyone on your website that you recommend one I, over the other? Not right now. I I used to have a few, but they're not doing any more. And I've been out of the consulting business for so long. I haven't been keeping tabs on who does good work. So unfortunately, I can't advise you on that. You could... You could look at that list and then go to the Plant Amnesty website, which is in my links part. Sure. And, uh, that, yeah. Yeah, and then you could see if some of those names are recommended by Plant Amnesty because they test the people and they don't recommend anybody unless they really have faith in them. I think that's what I'll do. I think that's what I do. That's a okay. good way to do it. Yep. Well, thank you so much for your help, and we love your show. Oh, thanks. Hey, I really appreciate that. So thanks so much. I, it's just great talking weekend. to you. Okay, bye-bye. All right. Hey, listen, I should have time for one more call when I come back after this break. So one 973 cairo one 973 You'll shoot right in. You won't have to wait. All right. Right back, 97.3 Cairo FM. All right, we're in the last section of the show, and uh, we're going to Duval and talk to Kathy. Kathy, thanks so much for calling. Well, thanks for taking my call, Cisco. Yeah, you betcha. What you got going on? I have a problem with my azaleas. Okay. They, they're they 28 years old, and the last few years, the leaves get really pale and waxy looking. Hmm. Huh. And I probably should be watering them over the summer, but I don't. Oh, yeah. That's got to be a big part of the problem. <laughs> you know what? I've Are they in the shade or sun, your azaleas? They're in the front of my house, which faces east. East. Well, that's good. That's helping. If they were on the south side of your house, they'd be dead right now. I'm almost positive. So what I've found over the many, many years I've been gardening, and at at Seattle U, we saw this all the time. First of all, azaleas hate sun. They much prefer like morning sun and east exposure. That's really nice for them. But they'll do great in the shade. The other thing is they need a ton of water. They are so shallow-rooted. Now, yours are so old, 28 years, they probably have a pretty healthy root system on them. And that's probably what kept them alive through these droughts we've been having. But uh, next year, what you want to do, we we would have azaleas at Seattle U that were we just none of us noticed that the water wasn't hitting them when we watered or whatever happened. And one of my gardeners would come in and go, oh, my God, I've got like four azaleas and they're brown as can be because that, that's the next step after the waxy leaves. <laughs> so, okay. yeah, so we'd water the livid. We'd, we'd put a soaker around them and just let it run every day for a while and they'd green back up. There's a But there's a point where you go too far and they don't green back up. 
So, well, can I can I prune them way back, or what can I do to make them look better now? You, yeah, you can prune them back. I would do it after they're done blooming next spring. That'd be okay. the best time. So you got to live with something that doesn't look too great in your garden for the winter. But here's the Those thing. Look horrible. Oh boy. Well, I think they'll come back if you water them enough. You can't hardly overdo it. You'd be surprised. But here's the thing. When you prune them back, you got to be careful. Azaleas aren't like rhododendrons. Rhododendrons, you can cut anywhere and they'll put out branches. Azaleas, you have to cut to where those little nodes are, where little branches come out. Even if there's yes. no branches there, you got to make sure there's at least a node there. Because that's the only place they grow, and you don't want to be leaving a whole bench bunch of uh, you know just uh, what do you you know little branches sticking out of the ground with with no leaves ring because it's the leaves that make the food and water go up and down the branch. And if you leave you know little chunks without any leaves, there's a really good chance that those will die, and that just you know makes the problem worse. Okay, so how far down can I prune I, I think you could go down two-thirds. I'm taking a little risk here saying this, but they're not my plants, you know. <laughs> but <laughs> you might be taking a little risk going two-thirds, but I think you could do it. Okay. If, if you want to play it. Because it, they, they need help. And if you, if you want to play it safe, just cut them down a third. But if it were me, I'd go ahead. What's the difference? Go two-thirds. If they don't make it, well, there's so many other great plants at the nursery, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel that these have lived a long uh, life, so if I lose them, I can replace them. Yeah, that's my theory in gardening, too, you know. And that that makes it all that much more fun going shopping for new plants sometimes. But I think you're going to save these. you got to let me know, Okay. Okay, I'll do it, and I'll make sure I water them every summer. All right, cool as could be. Good luck with those azaleas. Bye-bye. Well, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in today. This was just a too-fun show, to say the least. Can't wait to see you over in uh, Federal Way and at the Plant Amnesty Tree Hugger Bingo tonight. Brian, thank you so much, and uh, hey, I'm out of here. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Hey!